Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Podcast coming to you live October the third, two thousand seventeen. I'm Dre. Tonight, this is actually Jay giving you the introduction to the show. Dre having some more technical difficulties. This will make what three, three out of the last four shows that we've had some connectivity problems on Dre's side. He'll be around. It's ten o'clock Central Time here in the Midwest. This is the show that goes to eleven. Central Time, that is. We're going to give you the entire recap rundown of week four in the NFL this last weekend. An, an absolutely crazy week. Upsets galore. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I'm still not convinced if what I'm watching is quality, but it, it was there. We had uh, capped off with a huge cover last night by the Kansas City Chiefs on a basically fumble recovery on the Hail Mary hook and ladder, just last second desperation gasp from the Washington Redskins goes completely the wrong way. gives Andre and I the cheapest cover of all time. Looks like Dre is along here. Are you there? Is this thing on? You're here. I got to hey, play lady. you. For, I got to play you for the night. Yeah, you got to host the show. Good job. So, was just talking about the wild and crazy week that we just witnessed. More unpredictability, uh, which seems to be the the word right now. It. There's no other way to describe it. Uh, what not was the road the home favorites? I believe the number was were, were two and nine this last week. Uh, one in ten if you went to bed early last night. <laughs> yeah, what if, if you went to bed with 15 seconds left to go in the game last night? You thought you had yourself a Washington cover. And you end up. Uh, hopefully, nobody had a lot of money on that. Could you? I could not imagine oh. the the gambler's nightmare. And anybody who had the Redskins last night had to endure. Yeah, it's like a bachelor dream of mine, and I'm married now, so that dream apparently is dead. But it it, it will be a bachelor dream of mine to be in an actual Vegas casino when a terrible, horrible beat like that happens because the energy in that place had to have been electric. That was absolutely 
horrifying for anybody who had the Redskins and apparently also the uh, the under because that play also pushed the over under over the top as well. So that's a one two right to the nuts right there. That's that's just terrible. Yeah, that's a lot of ramifications in, in lots of ways. The game was over. So the, the Chiefs had won the game. So that was not the question. The question was how many bad things could happen by that play ending up in uh, Justin Houston's hands and, and sort of fighting his way kind of in the Redskins kind of giving half-assed resistance to him going into the end zone. Like, ah, fuck it, game's over. Well, here's what happens uh, when you run one of those plays like that, the hook and ladder and all that. Stuff like that can happen when you've got guys running backwards, trying to throw the ball backwards. you got offensive linemen trying to catch the ball. you got guys don't know what they're doing. The ball's just up in the air. Just all sorts of craziness can happen. And sometimes, sometimes, the other team can pick up that loose ball and run it into the end zone for a touchdown. And that's exactly what happened last night. Yeah, imagine also the fantasy implications. It, it, it just keeps going and going. Yep, anyone who had the Chiefs defense, here's an extra six points, just a, a bonus gift for you, uh, more than six. You got the touchdown and you got the fumble recovery. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people won their fantasy games because of that as well. Ugh, I, I can't even imagine. But, like you said, we both got the win out of it, so we're happy. Got me to 500. Yeah, absolutely. You like that? You like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kirk. I like that a lot. <laughs> I love that. That was awesome. Oh, boy. I, that was That's the reward for me sitting up there and watching that game. I watched the entire game, and that's my reward for, for sitting there and watching the whole thing. Thinking, thinking that we're staring a defeat squarely in the face, although we're about to watch the Chiefs become the only undefeated team left in football. For, week four, and we have one undefeated team. How about it? It's, uh, I don't know what that's an indicator of, but I guess no team is safe. Maybe if that's what the indicator is. Uh, anybody can be beaten in this NFL right now. Yeah, so so other than the craziness last night, I mean, where do we even start? I mean, wow. It was a, it was a bloody Sunday for uh, some favorites, some big favorites. The biggest favorite of the week was, as normal, the Seattle Seahawks at home. The next favorites after that, the next uh, three, four biggest favorites, none of them covered. Three of them lost the game straight up. Um, the Cardinals lost uh, – or won the game and did not cover the, cover the spread, excuse me. <coughs> the uh, Patriots, of course, lost straight up as nine-point favorites. As my voice starts to get out on me here, you uh, take over again, please. Uh-oh. Hopefully Dre's going to be uh, okay there. But, yeah, he's briefly mentioning the Patriots. Saw some of that game. Boy, I got to tell you, that Patriots defense is shit. Not the shit, as Dre would often like to call it. It's the drizzling shits. They made Cam Newton look like an NFL quarterback, even though most of his throws were wildly inaccurate. The point is that the Carolina Panther wide receivers were so wide open running free through that Patriots secondary that there is just 
they had no chance. I mean, Tom Brady is going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat every week with that defense. Not only was the coverage non-existent, but the daily double there is that when they did rally to anybody to try to tackle, they can't tackle either. They can't cover and they can't tackle right now. And that's a, that's a terrible combination. That's, that's almost as ugly as my voice right now. It's, it's nothing major, just something went down the wrong pipe here. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was a big uh, Matt Patricia defender and protector and uh, proponent of him getting something together and sort of scheming it up and figuring out him, you know, not just him by himself, but obviously he's got perhaps the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick, standing right there next to him. And I just figured between them two, they would figure something out to to stop the hemorrhaging that we saw right off the bat when the season started in week one on Thursday night against the Chiefs. They haven't stopped the hemorrhaging. It, it seems to have gotten worse. That defense was terrible. Like you said, receivers running so wide open, no, no one could miss those throws. Cam Newton didn't miss them. I wouldn't have missed them. And you know I can't throw a football for shit. Uh, anybody would have hit those guys that were just running completely free. It was almost like the Bears cover zero. No, no, no cover, no cover. Let run wide open, wide open. It was, it was terrible. I don't know what they're going to do, quite frankly. There's, there's only so much talent uh, that you could possibly acquire in a trade. I, I don't remember who I read that was uh, uh, proposing that you go ahead and give up the, uh, the, the Janine Garofalo golden egg that you have. You seem to be protecting and, and letting him be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. Go ahead and give him up now for some impact players on defense uh, to some poor schlup team that needs uh, a quarterback, like, for example, the Jaguars. Um, I, I don't, I'm not totally throwing that uh, in the garbage as an idea. I don't think it's a garbage idea. I just don't know who would give up quality defenders right now for a backup quarterback because defenders are so important right now in today's NFL because, as you see, if you don't have guys that can defend these offenses these days, you're going to get thoroughly embarrassed on a weekly basis, which is what the Patriots are doing right now. Yeah, I think what we're seeing is that all the strength in what we thought was the top teams um, is overcome, you know, is covering up and not able to overcome what are gigantic weaknesses. So you have the the Patriots and the Cowboys, uh, both with you know top flight offenses. You know, the, uh, you know the Patriots with Tom Brady and that and that system, and then you have the uh, the Cowboys with that brutal running game, uh, that the great offensive line. You know, good good skill position guys, good wide. You know, Des Bryant, good wide receivers. Dak Prescott's not. Not looking terrible, but boy, can those teams those teams don't play any defense. And the Cowboys gave up thirty five points to the Rams. Not just thirty five points, but nine scoring drives. Nine. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, seven field goals. Yes. So they had to get back in the field goal range seven times over and over and over and over. That's yeah. I understand holding them to field goals is, is a noble thing for your defense, but Nonetheless, you still let them get down there that many times. That's, that's that's not good either. Well, let's not forget they didn't have Sean Lee. I know. The, the inspirational Sean Lee, the man who holds it all together. Apparently, he's the glue of the Cowboys defense, and when he's not out there, they 
just can't help themselves. They have to give up yardage. It yeah. was so, so sad. We, so we saw the uh, we saw the Patriots and, and the, Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> so the Patriots and the Cowboys both get stunning upsets at home. Um, the Falcons lose at home. Although was this one was this one sort of telegraphed in what we were t- we we talked about the defense of the Buffalo Bills and you even commented in the pick show that this was going to be the best defense that the Falcons would probably play all year and you thought Matt Ryan was going for four touchdowns and the Bills still haven't given up a passing touchdown all season. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, they sure haven't. There's. I can't take anything away from them. I haven't gotten a chance to really look at this game in depth, but I, all I know is the Falcons didn't run on third and one and fourth and one. Uh, that's right there when they had a chance to win the game. They still wouldn't have covered the spread, but they're right there at the end. Could have gotten in the end zone very, very late to, to get that win. And here we go again with the syndrome that you talk about sometimes of, of teams who know that they're great at passing and therefore rely on that way too much. You got third and one, and then fourth and one. Run the fucking football. Just run the ball. Just get a yard. Especially considering that the Falcons at this point in the game were minus their top two wide receivers. Julio Jones and Mohamed Sunu were both out at that point in the game. And I know that had something to do with the Falcons sort of offensive woes and they really looked without those two guys out there they really looked desperate for playmakers uh taylor gabriel did his best but you're right no you have third and one and fourth and one and you have Devonte freeman and tevin coleman and you don't give the ball to either one of those guys once just a little too cute that's all just a little too cute you see that sometimes and we've been talking about it for a couple of years now when you get especially going back to when you remember the uh, the, the Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl you got a yard go run the go get a yard go run the ball it's now, a now now mind you this isn't third and one and fourth and one from the one yard line they were 20 25 you know they they weren't right at the goal line but they were at that point where they needed to get the first down yeah because if they get don't, the first they down, lose the know. game there's still there's still like 40 45 seconds left to go in the game. You can run the you know even on a one yard two yard run, you're not going to blow that much time off the clock. Everybody's right there. You can just run right up and spike it really quick, and and keep the thing going, and then start taking those shots. You got to set up yourself to be in that position to take shots at the end zone. And the first down there was more critical, and they just couldn't get it done. Yeah, uh, the Buffalo defense, I I can't take anything away. Sean McDermott has got them hurrying the quarterbacks and making plays when the quarterback gets rid of the ball, making plays on the ball carriers. You really can't ask for more than that. Uh, The Bills are are playing as good a defense as any team in football, and I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. But that's what's happening. You run into the Bills right now, you're going to get a, a, a defense that's hungry and hustling and playing hard for themselves and for their coach. And the Falcons found that out firsthand. And you've got to pay more attention now to the Bills going forward. That is not the pushover that everyone thought they would be. Uh, they, they've, they've earned respect. It's, yeah, isn't that, the team, isn't that the team that was supposed to have quit? Weren't we hearing that? Right? We, sort of, well, we heard that before. 
before the season started. The Bills were going in the tank. The Bills were going to throw the season, and they were going after the number one, and the Bills are leading the AFC East right now. Well, first we heard that the Jets were going to be the worst team in football and, and just a shoe-in for the number one pick. And then after the Bills uh, give up on their only uh, playmaker in the passing game from the last couple of years, Sammy Watkins, everyone sort of thought, well, okay, the Bills apparently are trying to tank as well because what's the point of giving him up and acquiring Jordan Matthews to replace him? Well, not looking so stupid at the moment. Uh and I was one of the ones very loudly saying, why are you throwing away Sammy Watkins? He's the only playmaker you have in your receiving core. Uh, but they're not quitting. They're not packing it in. You have to respect the Bills. And I'm sure there's a little bit this early in the season of everyone thinks we're tanking. Let's show them what we got. Let's, you know, There's a little bit of rallying behind that. That can only go so far. If you don't have the talent, that's not going to last all year. But through four games, they've rallied behind that and done an excellent job, and, and all credit and praise to the Bills. Yeah. So we can't take anything away from them. I mean, they're they're a first-place team at the quarter point of the season here. I mean, we'll see where they are. I mean, we know that they are destined for 8-8, eight and eight, so this is all kind of a moot point because the Buffalo Bills can only ever finish 500 or right around 500. Yeah, I cannot imagine them finishing any higher than 8-8. Than eight and eight. But before the season began, I wouldn't have expected them to come anywhere near 8-8. Eight and eight. So that's an improvement right off the bat, that's for sure. Yeah. So that, that interesting, interesting there. Uh, we got a couple of teams now that are, you know, well, you got the Browns, the Chargers, the Giants. And the 49ers all, all looking for wins. All don't have a win. And I, the Giants is probably the one um, that shocks me the most, but they, they tried again. But a moment of silence, please. I'll let it play quietly in the background there for the Giants, the Chargers, the Browns, and the 49ers. There's only one team that I just heard that made the playoffs after 0-4 stars. That would be the 1992 Chargers, I believe. Um, so, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, we, you know, the Giants two weeks in a row, they they really tried hard. They they gave it a fight, but they still somehow have managed to come up short. Uh, I I it's just not happening for them right now. I mean, they are not in the strongest division in football at all. But they're already four games in, three games back. They're not going to over, and they're also not going to overcome the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Redskins, even if one of those teams plays 500 ball the rest of the way it's going i don't know if the giants are going to be able to get to 9 at this point call me stupid but it's the cowboys the eagles and the redskins so i don't count the giants out of the nfc 
I, I'm not impressed by any of those three teams. The Giants can still win that division. They're 0-4, and I'm saying that the Giants can still win that division. It's October the 3rd, mark it down. If they come back and win, I was there. I'm telling you, the Giants can still win that division. There's a huge problem. As that offense is trying to find their way, obviously struggling, but obviously trying to figure out their defense, it's completely letting them down. There's nothing there right now on defense. I don't want to put it on one guy, but hopefully it's not Olivier Vernon being beat up because that was a different defense when he came on as a free agent. But he hasn't been right, and he hasn't been on the field. And But, but I don't think it's just him, though. The whole defense is struggling big time, and that's supposed to, that was supposed to be the backbone of the team, really. And they're just totally letting the Giants down. So Eli trying to figure out what's going on with Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and all of his targets and whatnot. He should have more space. He should have more room for error than this right now. He's not playing great football, but like you said, they're trying on the offensive side. They're trying to figure things out, getting some new weapons in the running game. They're trying anybody off the street, basically, uh, in the in the backfield. But while this defense is playing the way it's playing, it's almost as bad as the as the Patriots right now. As long as that keeps up, no, they don't have a chance in, in the NFC East. I'm not even going to give their offense a pass. We're four games in right now. Do you know how many teams the New York Giants offense has outscored four games in? I'll give you a guess. Uh oh, is this another DFL situation? Nope. Oh. Uh, they've outscored three. One. Oh. And that's the Miami Dolphins, the team, the team who's played one less game than them. Right is the only team that they have managed to outscore four games in. They're averaging 15 points a game. Uh, not very good. They've scored as many points, consequently, as the Baltimore Ravens, but that's but that's just that's the Ravens. You know, we, we come to expect up and down uh, from the Ravens, but the Giants' offense has been pretty rough. And the last two weeks is where they scored the majority of those 60. Um but yeah, 0-2 start already in the division. I don't know. That's very bold if you're riding with the Giants. Um, but I'll give you credit. I will give you credit for sticking with them. I picked them too. That's me, Mr. Bold. Um, I, I, that's just an indictment of that division, frankly, is this what that is. I, I don't think much of those three other three teams at all. No, but I, I think that they'll cannibalize each other. But the fact that the Giants have already put up two losses in that division uh, doesn't bode particularly well for them. Uh, just a little doubling back to New England and uh, uh, Atlanta and some of these big upsets uh, that, that happened this past Sunday. Um, boy, New, Eng- uh, uh, New England let a rookie quarterback just completely throw all over them. Then a hobbled quarterback comes in this week and throws all over them. Those are both at home. Two quarterbacks that had no business wrecking New England's D at home. Two weeks in a row wrecks New England's D at home. And, of course, at the end of our live show, we'll get to discuss whether that wreckage will continue when they go on the road uh, on a short week and a couple of nights. Yeah, but Um, let's let's think about that for a minute, though. Not only that it's Deshaun Watson and – a handicapped Cam Newton. It's also Alex Smith that completely shredded them. Right. And even in their win, Drew Brees lit that secondary up. This, this this is not 
an accident what we're seeing right now out of that team. No, it's four games is the sample size, and it's it's awful. It is absolutely awful on every metric. Yeah, I, I don't have the I don't have the stats in front of me. I should probably pull those up just to see. I mean, they've they've got to be in every possible category of team passing defense. They've they've got to be they've got to be DFL, right? I mean, they just have to be. The stats that I love: uh, yards per run and yards per pass attempt on defense. The Pats are giving up five point one yards per run, and then turning around and giving up 9.4 yards per pass. That is all-time bad. Again, four four games is a, a, a little bit of a, of a strong sample size, but it's still only four games. they still got 12 more to turn those stats around. But right now, there's nothing good to say about the, the Patriots' defense. There's nothing they're doing good right now. Yeah, no, they are the the worst team in the league as far as yards per game, yards per attempt through the air. Um, they have given up the – they're tied with the Tennessee Titans for giving up the most passing touchdowns so far. There's none a common of, opponent there. Yeah, n- none, of these, none of these numbers are good. Um, only the Saints and the Colts have given up more 20-yard passes than the New, New England Patriots as well. And the Colts and the Saints are not quality squads. Uh, they, if they keep playing defense like this, the Patriots are going to be in for a long season. They are not going to be uh, – everybody knows that they need the home field in the playoffs. They really need that. And I'm sorry, but if they have to go to Houston or Pittsburgh <laughs> or Denver or Oakland or Kansas, they, they're going to get destroyed at any one of those venues. It's certainly what it looks like right now. Because and, they're uh, getting destroyed in Foxborough. Yeah, exactly. They can't do it at home right now. And yeah. it just they, shi- shines even more of a light on the bozos trying to talk them up for an undefeated yeah. season uh, before the year began. Like. Where did you get that from? I, I just don't understand it. Well, also, I mean, let's not forget that they are they, they basically should be one and three. Right. So I'm going to completely chalk this up to the Madden curse. <laughs> Golden boy, forty years old, it's never slowing down. Uh, it's not Brady's fault. He's no, not out not. there giving. You know what? He got all the credit for their awesome defense when they were winning Super Bowls, especially early <laughs> on in his career. He does not get the blame. I am not putting any of this on Tom Brady. In fact, they have one of their wins because of him. That's right. That, that win against the Texans, they didn't deserve to win that game. Again not ignoring the fact that he threw the game to Houston on an interception that Corey Moore dropped before he won the game. He did both. He lost the game, and then he won the game. He did do both. Minor details. Minor details. Oh. Sorry. That's what I get for actually watching the games. Uh, but, yeah, uh, basically I was wondering which of the uh, uh, upsets were, was the bigger inexplicable shock uh, this weekend as far as your observations go that Carolina – over New England, Buffalo over Atlanta. 
Um, I'll even throw Jets over Jacksonville out there or something else off the board uh, that you were considering. No, I'm going to discount Jets and Jags because I've figured out that the Jags have so far in their two wins, both have been basically their home games or home away from home games, and then their two great, terrible defeats. I say great and terrible because there's no reason they should have lost those games the way they looked at their two wins. Um, have been on the road. So maybe the Jags are just one. And this is what you see from a young sort of up-and-coming team. They get up at home, and they don't bring it on the road. There's no reason they should have lost to the, to the well, Also, but, uh, also I, I threw the trend out there, and then I didn't uh, follow through on it, of the two teams coming back from London playing immediately the week yeah. after. And Baltimore laid the egg that I thought they would, but Jacksonville also didn't happen but maybe they were you know maybe it wasn't that they were just dead they were maybe they were just you know playing at 92 percent instead of 100 percent. and then when overtime comes it's like okay we we don't we don't have anything left to, to, to compete in overtime at that point so i should have listened to myself there i'm gonna have to go and say if i had to pick of the three between carolina over new england uh the rams over the cowboys or the bills over the falcons i I have to honestly say the most shocking one of the three was the Carolina over New England. Uh, I, I I almost went with the Rams until I actually thought about how truly awful the Carolina Panthers have looked up to this point in the season. With, with Cam Newton clearly hobbled, he was missing wide open guys, still, still calling his own number, going in there and, and, and shoving his head into getting hit. Their defense was terrible. Their defense wasn't good in this game either. I mean, let's not, let's not forget this was a 33 to 30 game. So it's not like this was a great defensive struggle, but just the fact that Carolina looking as wounded as they did, like what's wrong with Cam Newton? You know, we clearly could see that there was something wrong with that team. Um, to have them right go, on Sunday. Yeah. To have them go up to Foxborough was to me, the most stunning one. The Rams to me would be a very close second. Um, the Bills is kind of the one I'm secretly kicking myself for based on the fact that when I actually sat there and looked at the numbers and the Bills were better than average in most, especially on the defensive side, doing so well and so stout in the passing defense, um, probably, I think in hindsight, that's the least shocking of the three. Yeah, well, to me, it's uh, the lead shock, and of course, it's going to be the Rams, because that's the one that I picked uh, with the points, yeah. although I didn't think they'd win the game. Uh, but to the, the Buffalo-Atlanta game, uh, I did bring up while picking that game, hey, you know, Atlanta 3-0, and that's fine, but almost lost to the Bears, almost lost to the Lions by, the, you know, the hair on their chinny-chin-chins on that last play. So there was a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe fool's gold in there as I pause the cough again. Yeah, and I think with the Falcons, too, we need to keep in mind that they're desperately waiting for Vic Beasley to come back from that injury. So they did make Tyrod Taylor. He didn't look great, but he looked good enough. I mean, he Charles Clay had himself one hell of a day in that game, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of wide open looks for him as well, and you know that's Taylor's guy. That's when he's checking down and looking for options. Uh, that's going to be the go-to guy, and the Falcons should know that. That's their fault for not covering him up better. 
Yeah, and I don't. I wish I could remember. We'll have to go back through the through the highlights this last week. I'm trying to remember what game it was in, but I caught someone playing some Cover Zero hmm. this last week, and I think it might have been the Giants. I believe there was a touchdown yeah. pass that Jameis Winston had. Um, I'm thinking it's up, up the left sideline. OJ Howard. <clears throat> that was Cover Zero. Yes, it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, see, for folks who don't realize, Cover Zero isn't a guy who's just open. Cover Zero is a guy who's so wide open, there's like nobody else on the TV screen with him when he catches the ball. That he's literally just standing back there like, throw it to me, I'm over here. And uh, <laughs> that was, yeah, I was, so I was trying to, I, I, I wanted to point that out because I know we're very fast to pick on the Bears for their vaunted Cover Zero <laughs> defense. We have wondered in the past. Does anybody else do this? And I saw a very blatant example of it. There was one right there. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, that's some cover zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that was that was ridiculous. Um, this is one of the highlight shows, I think uh, ESPN's highlight show, uh, mentioned that that was, I guess they got the metrics out. I guess they're like the uh, uh, Major League Baseball with all their cameras and metrics, and they can measure everything now. They they said they said that was the measured most open player in football this year so far. It was like thirteen point five yards between him and the nearest defender, or some number you know in that vicinity. And when you think about how long thirteen point five yards is, and you're playing a football game and you leave someone that wide open, it's like were you really playing a, a game? Were you really there? You know, I could be in the stands and be closer to a guy than thirteen point five yards. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's 40, 43, 44 feet. That's 40 that's feet. Really far. That's a long way to be wide open. I don't think the walk from my house to the back door is that, uh, that <laughs> deep is that long. <clears throat> um, I had some plugs to get in here as uh, we're past the halfway point of the show. I, I hope my voice will let me get through it because I something went down the wrong pipe early and I never have really recovered, which really sucks because I'm on a talk show, so it would help if I was able to talk. Um, but I'll, I'll try here. I'll do the best I can. Uh, of course, you're listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. And the plugs that I wanted to get in were that I found like four or five new websites and the apps that the that the show was on it seems to be more and more different sites different pod catching applications and things like that and i wanted to acknowledge them uh because i wanted because i'm not going to call out all these names of these websites every show so i wanted to get it in during this uh recap show when we don't have the uh, the pressure of making our picks so I'll, I'll try to get through it in one shot and hopefully my, my voice will hold up through everything of course we have um Apple Podcasts, uh, formerly known as iTunes, better known as iTunes. Uh, we have the TuneIn app. We have Mixcloud, Player.fm. I forgot to check today, but as of yesterday, Player.fm was not uh, doing well updating the, uh, the the website. The most recent show before tonight would be our Week 4 pick show on Saturday night. It was not up yet as of yesterday, so they got to get – get on the ball with that. But all these other sites did have our most recent shows uh, available. Uh, so player.fm, if you're listening, come on, let's get on it. 
Uh, of course, there's Blueberry. Uh, the, the sites that I discovered this week would be the Breaker app, uh, a website called Listen Notes, uh, another site called Pod Paradise, uh, another app called CastBox, uh, and there's always subscribebyemail.com, which is exactly what it sounds like. You go sign up and put our <clears throat> show in there, and when it updates, it'll send you an email and says, this show has updated, and you can listen by clicking on something in your email. And like I said, I'm not calling all those apps out, but I did want to acknowledge them and give a shout-out. I've, I've always said if I find other apps that we're on, I will absolutely acknowledge them. So uh, anyone who's listening from any of those apps, welcome. Hope you're enjoying what you're listening to, despite all of my coughing and dry throat hacking. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at IMLDDRE. That's my Twitter handle. Jason is at IMLDJTG. Any questions or comments, you would send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. Our picks are always up on our blog. The blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. You can always call in. We don't always take the calls because sometimes we're doing the picks and we're crunched on time. But you can always call in if you have something to add to the show of value. And the number is, as always, Area code 646-595-4534. We're still waiting on Bryce and Brooklyn uh, for the wellness check after the Steelers lost to the Bears. But, hey, they got up on their rivals, the Ravens, so he should be feeling good now. He should be recovered uh, after the shock of losing to Chicago. Um, so, yeah, we uh, I was talking about the, the big upsets and uh, asking you what the biggest shock was. I, I think – I would even be more shocked that Buffalo uh, was able to knock off the Atlanta Falcons because I'm, I didn't, I wasn't aware of how great the defense was playing as a team. I hadn't gotten a, an extended look at them, but uh, looking at them this week, that they're really uh, together as a unit. And I've always been skeptical uh, of Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback. I, I've always uh, thought of him as sort of a, you know, one of those guys that they throw out there because he's a great athlete and he's got a nice arm, he can throw the ball. Everyone, to me, those type of guys, everyone seems to be trying to discover the next Michael Vick, somebody who has a really strong arm and also happens to be an excellent athlete. Um, and, there's, you know, we had the uh, the run of Robert Griffin and Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson and those guys, and Wilson obviously stuck around uh, as a very good NFL quarterback. But it seemed like there was a run of, of guys like that that people were trying to bring in a few years ago. To, hey, they're going to revolutionize the game. Watch this. They're going to run all these read options, and you're not going to be able to know what they're going to do because if they keep it, they're going to run and really beat you and really take advantage of everything. And that's not so easy to do because in the NFL, unlike college, most of the time the defense is going to read who's got the ball, and then they're going to take the person who's got that ball, and they're going to kill them. And that's what seems to happen a lot of the time. But Every now and then you get guys, and, and Taylor's, to me, was just one of those guys that was inconsistently trying to, to run offenses like that. But he seems to have improved. He's, I, I'll give him the credit that I see some growth as a quarterback. I, I, I like some of the reads that he makes, and I like some of the decisions that he makes. So I, I have to uh, adjust my thinking on Tyrod Taylor. It looks like he's a little better now than, uh, than he used to be. Uh, but there's another guy that played on Sunday that has that kind of style that apparently – uh, he, he's going to be the next supernova. He's going to—he's he, making an impact, a little reminiscent of what Kaepernick did uh, when the the 49ers gave him 
his first few starts uh, late in that season in which he wound up having that playoff game against the Packers in which he looked unbelievable. Uh, but this kid, Deshaun Watson, uh, is just the, the next big thing, and everyone loves him. And I, you have to admit, what he did to the Titans on Sunday was very, very impressive. There's really no excuses for the Titans. They just they got their ass whooped, like, in every way, shape, or form. And not only that, but their coach. And now, I've been talking about Bill O'Brien now ever since he got the job in Houston because I was impressed with what he did uh, at Penn State. I, I thought he had some – he was showing his offensive know-how, uh, taking that Penn State program after all the turmoil they went through. And, and I don't watch college football, so you know I'm not a big expert on this, but uh, he was showing me what he can do with sort of a lack of talent because a lot of guys, you remember, were decommitting from Penn State after all of that stuff went down. And he didn't have exactly the greatest talent pool to, to pull from, and he was still – putting some pretty good teams and pretty good offenses out there on the field. And I thought when he went to Houston, he was going to continue that and, and be one of those sort of new offensive, not geniuses, but one of those guys that would be on the rise in the NFL, one of the top offensive minds. And he's shown flashes of that with all the guys that he's had at quarterback. But like I said, you can tell – when he's got a guy under center that he doesn't have any confidence in. Because when Brock Osweiler was showing his ass last year, Bill O'Brien would call like 10 or 11 run plays in a row, and then the passes that he would call would be complete three-step drop, check down to, to the running back in the flat, uh, tight end over the middle, something really, really quick. Uh, they, they tried to make a start of C.J. Fedora, which they were throwing to him so much because they were just trying to not have Osweiler go – downfield too far because it was going to be a bad result if he did and now it's the opposite when you got Deshaun Watson you can tell the confidence that Bill O'Brien has in Deshaun Watson because he didn't give two flying fucks about the Tennessee Titans he was running it up he didn't care it was whatever the score was in the 30s and the 40s for the Texas and he's still calling play action deep bombs down the sideline it was incredible. He didn't give a damn uh, because he's he's like, I got my guy now, and this is what I'm going to do when I got my guy. I'm going to fuck you up. Every chance I get, I'm going to fuck you up. Whoever the opponent happens to be, I don't think he has anything personal against the Titans. I just think this is how he was feeling with a quarterback with whom he has confidence. He was so happy to have a quarterback to whom he can put some confidence. It's not Tom Savage. It's not Brock Osweiler. It's not any of these other bozos that he's had. I think he loves him some Deshaun Watson, and Sunday he got plenty of opportunity to show everybody why he loves him. Yeah, and with Deshaun Watson, what I, I did not see a read option quarterback or a guy who was out there trying to do it with, with smoke and mirrors. I saw a guy playing quarterback. I saw a lot of accurate throws, even though accuracy is not his you know, his forte. He's not known for his accuracy, but he was he was putting the ball on guys. He he clearly has found the rapport with DeAndre Hopkins, which is what you need to have when when you have a guy like that out there. So just to see, I, I think what happened was everything was finally just clicking for him. And they weren't going to let off the gas. It started last week in New England. It carried over this week. And the Tennessee Titans were just the 
the boy unwitting recipient of just a total beatdown. That might be a team too that was not too happy losing the way they lost last week. But that and also that Titans defense did not let the the, the Titans offense get off at all. I mean the Texans D was was getting yeah. after them all day long. They they couldn't get anything going through the air. Uh, nothing on the ground. Just overall, I mean, they picked off a combination of Marcus Mariota and Matt Castle four times. They weren't letting Murray or Henry. I mean, Mariota had the longest run of the day um, on a touchdown run, and and that was it. There was very little going on, but you know, I guess there's something to be said for drafting a guy out of college like Watson, who's just a winner. Yeah, we hear that a lot. Uh, oh, this guy just knows how to win. He's just he, it's yeah. just the intangibles. He just knows that he's a leader and he knows how to win. Well, if you got the ba- if you got bad talent around you, then all of a sudden you don't know how to win. But when you get on a team like the Texans, which obviously I think there's talent there because again I picked them to win the the AFC. Uh, yeah. But when you get on the team that has talent surrounding him, you can show how much of a winner you can be. Yeah, but when you when you face down Alabama once and almost win, and then you get them again the next year and you beat them, you clearly are ready to play in the NFL. Uh, he, there's nothing that he's afraid of. They showed that last week, going up to New England, and he and he did ball out in that game. I mean, he played a great game up in New England, and Tom Brady bailed out the Patriots. You know, on that play that we talked about, where he, he's just about to get sacked, just falling away, and then just somehow manages to find Brandon Cooks wide open. So the Houston defense lets them down on that. Houston defense, Houston offense, they weren't letting anybody down when they put up 57. That was a whooping. Yeah, New Hopkins making love to Bryce McCain out there all day. Uh, and on the other side, they uh, the first throw that Marcus Mariota threw for the game, to start the game, J.J. Watt knocks it down. The second throw that Mariota made was picked off by Andre Howe. It was going to be one of those days, obviously, for Marcus Mariota and the Titans. Then they knocked him out of the game. On top of that, later on, they wind up uh, hitting him hard enough to, to injure him, and he's got a got a hamstring, I guess. Um, so it was just Texans all day uh, up and down the field. Uh, so what do you think? Are we? Are they, do you take the Texans as serious contenders now? Is it totally swung all the way from Tom Savage to – Deshaun Watson, does that just make them instant contenders, or, or is this a little bit of uh, wait and see that you want to? It, see well, more it could of? potentially. It gives them a realistic chance. I mean, if they had had, let's say, you know, we go back in time and they had had a whole season of Deshaun Watson playing this way last year, they, they would have gone to New England and had a chance mm. to beat that team and go to the and go to the Super Bowl or. or they 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 went to New England and showed that they were not afraid of the New England Patriots. But nobody's see what 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 looked so impressive becomes less impressive when you realize that everybody's doing this now to the New England Patriots. But then they, they when they turn around and they do this to a division opponent at home. Yeah, the Titans aren't the the Patriots. No, the Titans can defend. The Titans aren't junk. Um, no, and the Texans made the Titans look like junk. Although, you know, as, as hit and miss as both of those teams have been, they're, they're both still sitting there at two, at two and two. It's very, very scrappy, um, that AFC South right now. I think it's going to be a while. 
before we start to get any kind of a feel about those teams or the, or that division, because you are going to have days where Deshaun Watson doesn't look like a world beater or his accuracy reverts back to what, you know, they said he was going to be like coming out of college. Although if he's working with the quarterback guru, maybe he's going to fix that. Maybe they're doing some mechanical tweaks. Maybe they've identified something uh, because against uh, Tennessee, he looked like a stud. Yes, he did. All right, the part of the NFL that uh, no one likes the injuries, uh, get to the bad news part of it. Uh, Very simply, which injury do you think will be more impactful? Who's going to miss their guy more? Will Oakland uh, miss Derek Carr for the the, the two- to six-week time frame that they've thrown out? Or will it be Minnesota missing a less important player, the running back Dalvin Cook, but that's for the whole year. Yeah, that was and that was tough when you saw that offense completely change. I still yeah. have to say that it's going to be the Oakland Raiders. You you can't go a month without Derek Carr and expect really positive results when they're trying to play at the highest level possible. And two years in a row now uh, for him getting knocked out for for an extended period or at the worst possible time last year. Uh, not good for them. Not a good look. The the Vikings, eh, I mean, they they still have, uh, I was about to say DeMarco Murray, they still have Latavius Murray. They might get him up to speed, and I think he could be serviceable for them. But that wasn't the same looking offense uh, last week when Delvin Cook was gone and the Vikings at home only put up seven points. So it's, I don't think it's going to help them much either, but I don't want to be the Raiders waiting for Derek Carr to come back and then probably having to look up and go, oh, crap, now we got to chase both the Broncos and the Chiefs, and it could be a fight for them just to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I see your point to that. I'm going to take the other side, though. I think Minnesota missing Dalvin Cook. The rest of it. I really think he was the sort of hidden piece or the backbone to that sort of offensive renaissance that the Vikings were having so far this year. As you said, you could just see how much they missed him, how much that offense changed when he went out. They wind up scoring seven points for the whole game against the Lions. Uh, I was all in on the Vikings. Uh, that didn't quite work out, but again, partially because of uh, Cook getting hurt. But you'd mentioned Latavius Murray. They also have Jarek McKinnon. I remember that Minnesota offense last year with Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata after Adrian Peterson went down. That was some ugly football. Those guys, and and Murray, uh, he hasn't been good in a few years. I was a big, I'm a a Murray guy. I remember him uh, back when we were playing in fantasy leagues together a couple years ago, and I picked up Latavius Murray and got a a big victory uh, a few years ago when he was first with the Raiders when he was first coming up. He had potential. Um, it didn't work out. That's why he's not with Oakland anymore because he petered out, and you know that happens. Some guys have you know a eight or ten game run where they give all they have and and look like they're going to be the next big thing, and then it just doesn't work out. They they peter out. Uh, so no, I'm not thinking that the Vikings are going to look like that offense anymore without Dalvin Cook. That's how important. That's how impressive Dalvin Cook had been. Uh, in that offense, not just the running, but being a, a target out of the backfield as well. He was doing it all for them, and I really don't have confidence in the combination of Latavius Murray and, and Jarek McKinnon 
making up for that. I think that's a huge loss for the Vikings. Yeah, we've been through this before with the Vikings and with the Raiders, and neither outcomes are very good. That's true, but at least the Raiders get Carr back in maybe a month, month and a half. Yeah, I just I just don't know if they get him back and they lose three out of four. I mean, I haven't looked at their schedule, but... Yeah, I haven't you know, either. Uh, well, maybe I should do that. But I'll take a look so here. The Oakland Raiders for the next four, five, six weeks with EJ Manuel under center. <laughs> I'm taking it by the lab that you don't think EJ Manuel under center is a very uh, good thing for, for No, Oakland. no, I'm not I'm not feeling it. Um not feeling it for them. Hang on here. So let's take a look at the schedule remaining here. So let's say he misses four games. You know, just call it in the middle. Um because they do have a bye on November 12th. So let's say that five games, let's just say he'll miss five games. How's that sound? All right. And then the game that he gets to come back for is a afternoon game on the 19th of November against the Patriots in Mexico City. Oh. Interesting. Um, but the let's see, they get three in a row here at home. You don't see that a lot in the NFL, but here's three in a row in Oakland. They've got Baltimore. When I, every time I see LAC, I want to say the Clippers, but we're going to go with the Chargers. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and the Chiefs. And then they are on the road at Buffalo and Miami. I'm thinking I, if they take two of those, they can go two and three and basically end up at four and five by the time the car comes back. Maybe they have a chance. I was about to say, I'm no EJ Manuel fan. I think they can win three of those. I'm going to say, yeah. I guess if we're in Vegas, we're setting the line at two and a half, huh? I guess so. <laughs> and no, I'm thinking it's, it's possible. It's possible. You know, this weekend, Baltimore, I guess we'll see. It, it's the Ravens. You, you just never know what you're going to get. The Chargers, you, you'd like to think they could beat them. And then the Chiefs, that's tough. That's going to be tough. And then at Buffalo, might be really tough. I guess I'm still underestimating the Bills a little bit. I'm thinking that's one of the ones that they can win. Oh, Okay. But yeah, if, if the Buffalo defense is still playing like they are right now, then no, they can't. But uh, but that's I guess that's where the half would come in. They, that could go either way. That, that's right. one that they can. Uh, they have the better athletes. They have the better team. But uh, if EJ Manuel doesn't make the mistakes, they can win that. But if he then they can lose that. I, I watched uh, the whole that whole game, so I saw Manuel come in and I saw everything that he did, and I saw some good and and some bad. I saw the normal. Uh, obvious jump ball up in the air, just hanging forever. Uh, they got one of them got picked off by Justin Simmons to end the game. Uh, just he tried to fit it into Amari Cooper between uh, a cover two defense, and he's not good enough to do that, unfortunately. And he hasn't learned that, so there's there's that, but there's also some good. He got a, a bit of a run going with 
three straight good balls and got a, a drive going. The uh, uh, you know the Denver defense winds up stalling the drive, but they get a field goal. But I, I saw some positive there from from EJ Man. So it's not all bad with him. He's he's one, he's a guy. He's one of those you know he's he's a guy. He, he could be a backup in the league for a while because he's got the physical tools and he's got uh, a semblance of, of, of a game plan. He can come in and spell somebody. Uh, he's never going to be very good, but uh, I, I think they can win three or so in the next month, month and a half, and, and then Derek Carr will be right there to, to come back and have them in contention. If they win three, I mean, if they come, if he comes back, let's say week 11, and they're five and four, you can you can go on a run. I mean, you know, it, it, we ex- I expected good things from this team this year, and so this hurts them because uh, with Derek Carr, a lot of those games, I'm probably looking at them as potentially maybe winning four of those games. If they only win yeah. two, that could go a long way, especially with the strength in that division, I think that's what hurts them the most is how good the chiefs and the Broncos both look. Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, three quarters of the season still to play out. Yep. Uh, the second quarter of the season, uh, if you want to count week five is that will begin in a couple of nights and it's going to be a, a matchup, a little more interesting than I think most people thought it would be the, New England Panthers visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. New England at two and two. Tampa at two and one. Uh, these two teams, there's no secrets as to what their strengths and weaknesses are. The Patriots are averaging nine yards a pass attempt. They're giving up nine point four. The Buccaneers are averaging seven point nine yards per pass attempt. They're giving up seven point five. We know what they're good at. We know what they're bad at. New England is still New England. They're still the defending champs. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. Therefore, they are a five-point favorite. Patriots give five at Tampa Bay this coming Thursday night. Jason, who you got? They are still getting the love. That is amazing to me. Um, You know, I was completely on board here with taking the Patriots. That number is a little scary. Um, I'm still going to go ahead and do it. This feels like the kind of game that the Patriots in prime time will just, will they'll, they'll go and win. Um, you know, the, on, you know, in prime time, Tampa Bay, maybe not quite yet, quite ready for prime time yet to jump up and, and give the Patriots their big punch. Neither one of these teams, I'll tell you one thing we won't see in this game, running games. These might be two of the worst running teams in all of football. So it's going to be all on the air. I would expect that the Bucks will make more mistakes than the Patriots through the air in this game in prime time. I'm going to go ahead and, and give the five, but I absolutely hate it. Well, I guess I see it developing a different way, which would explain partially what my pick is going to be. I think Tampa will run the ball. I think uh, Doug Martin returns back from his uh, suspension, and I think Muscle Hamster gets it done on the ground. The Patriots aren't stopping anybody on the ground or in the air. And I think Jameis Winston picks the bones after the running game gets going and goes through the air and beats them that way, uh, both ways. The, the Buccaneers, I think, will just run up on the Patriots' defense because everyone this year is running up on the Patriots' defense. So I'll take Tampa and the points, and I think they'll win the game. More on our after show when we come back.
and now into our VIP after show program. Yeah, that is not a game I think uh, people thought was going to be much of a game when they saw it on the schedule. But also, it's a game that I am absolutely like you. I'm shocked at that number. It's a game that I thought a few weeks ago, maybe I thought would be between five and seven for New England. And then after uh, what happened uh, against Kansas City on opening night, I thought by the time they got to this game, it'd be maybe about three. And then what New England did against Carolina, honestly, I thought this game might be a pick 'em when I when I sat down and opened up the, uh, the the website to see what the spread would be. When I saw New England minus five, I was like, oh my god! I almost made this my lock again. I almost made wow. another Thursday night game another lock of the week. I, I got burned last week, so I didn't do it. But uh, we got how bad New England's D is playing. We got another factor that I didn't mention in the live portion, but. At home, we're getting to maybe that part of the schedule where it's time to start putting even more weight on the home team on Thursday night on this on these short weeks. Because last week, week four, I thought the the Bears and you did too. You thought the the Chicago Bears would be much more physical and and run down the the, the Packers' throats and really establish the run game and establish themselves physically. And they got ran over by the Packers instead. It was quite surprising. And I think that might have something to do with traveling on the short week. I understand Chicago to Green Bay is not much of a, of a travel. But I think uh, I'm, I'm also going to start getting to that point of the schedule where I, I say every year, you have to give me an unbelievably compelling reason to take a road team on the short week on Thursday night. And especially the road team is a five-point favorite. I love that stat. If someone can be smart and do the, the, the work for me, how many Thursday night games, how many teams have three days rest and are five or more point favorites on the road? And what's the record uh, in that situation? I'm guessing it's really, really bad. Well, I got to tell you that the five is what scares me here. I think the Patriots will tough this one out, but that five is, that's big. Uh, I will, I will say that, but I, I was, I was, predetermined that I was going to pick the Patriots, but I was, I have to say I was thrown for a little bit of a loop when you gave me that big of a number. Yeah, I, I was predetermined to pick the, the Buccaneers and I was going to do it if it was a pick them because that's how bad the, the Patriots defense is playing. But yeah, that number is absolutely stunning to me. But neither one of these teams plays defense. And we saw this when the Patriots went and played the Saints. So I, I I think that this I think that the the Patriots will get off more on offense than the Bucks will here. You got to think. Otherwise, the Patriots are in, they're in the world of hurt. They go they go down to to two and three. They get lit up again. Um, it's going to be. Might be a while before their favorites on the road. I'll tell you that. Well, everyone figured they would bounce back after the opener against Kansas City. They said, "Okay, New Orleans is the next game." Well, not everyone, but a lot of people thought, "Okay, they're you know on to Cincinnati, on to New Orleans. This is what they do. They bounce back, and they 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 did." But the defense wasn't exactly uh, sparkling there. And what that's supposed to do, what the narrative kind of forgot. When, when people brought up that narrative of they bounced back after the big loss to Kansas City, that's supposed to get them going again, to bounce back against New Orleans. is supposed to send them on a roll 
where they're playing quality football again because Bill Belichick got in their ass and, and got their attention and is able to coach them up and, and get them where they need to be. They haven't bounced back. They had the New Orleans win, and they are right back to sucking after that. And I don't know if they have any more bounce back as far as that defense goes because if you didn't get embarrassed enough by the rookie lighting you up in your home stadium the week before, then you let the cripple come in and light you up. I don't see any reason to think Jameis Winston isn't going to light him up. And, again, like I said, I think the running game actually will complement the Buccaneers in this, in this matchup as well. It'll be interesting to see because that's been the big piece that's been missing for Tampa so far. I, you know, Tampa, another team, I really like them this year. I have them winning the division. This could go a long way towards that. Yeah, this will be a huge springboard if they knock off the, the world champions on Thursday night. Yeah, especially with the fact that they are, you know, basically playing this 16 weeks through. They kind of, they had their bye week already. That's right. So they, they, they just need to keep building. Now, this almost ends up being like a little mini buy for them after this Patriots game because then they'll get the 10 days off. But, I'll, yeah, I'll, this is one of the more interesting. I actually would have looked at this game a little bit more as an interesting game before the season started just based on what I thought of the Bucks as an up-and-coming team. I would have looked at this before the season, though, as more of like a test. You know, this is a test for the Bucks. How are they going to handle the Patriots? And now we're wondering – how is that Patriots defense going to handle the Bucks? Yeah, it's amazing how it changes, and you know they don't want to fall back to two and three. Now, the Bills and the Jets, I don't think are going to have any major legs this season, so the Patriots probably don't need to be world beaters to win that division. How about the Dolphins? Good, but no, you scored nothing on the Saints. On the Saints defense, you got shut out by the New Orleans Saints. What could be worse than that? I, I was hard-pressed to think about any lower you could go. Like, uh, co-signing a $10,000 student loan for a complete stranger that you met on Craigslist, I think is about the only place lower that you could. I might be getting a little too personal right there, but I, I can't think of too many more lower stages you could possibly go than getting shut out by the fucking New Orleans Saints. No, that's bad. I mean, that's really bad. The Saints' defense, they are built to just give up points and give up big plays. I'm I'm just I'm blown away. I am mystified by how that happened. If you're mystified, you can imagine how Adam Gates feels. I mean, that's after the coach publicly tore their ass, a new one, uh, the week before as well. He told everybody that the, 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 the office needs to get going and they need to do better, and they go out there to London and they, and they do that. <laughs> That's, uh, it's not looking good for the Dolphins this year. I think Jay Cody no. might be ready to retire again, like right now. Yeah, he, you know, as all, he's getting some good money. He's just getting paid. Sure. But good for him. He's not. For he's, he's, he's definitely cementing his legacy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he might be cementing it in a lot of people's eyes. He might be making it firm that he's just a loser who doesn't care and, and doesn't yeah. deserve any respect. Are some people ready to cement his legacy around his feet and toss him over the side of a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a little more housekeeping. Uh, shut down corner guy. Ten and six. This week I was eight and eight. You were six and ten. 
you had your opportunity to get your uh, get back in the locks uh, to get tied with New England Patriots. Uh, yeah. That did not work out well for you. Uh, shutdown corner guy could have been easily 11-5 and five because he had the skins plus five. Oh, so no. He's one of the many, many, many people who had the bad beat on Monday night. You know, and I can't it, makes, it, makes sense, it makes sense that he's having an okay season so far because everything this year is just all fucked up. <laughs> it makes sense. Wait a minute. I'm 667 on the year. I'm 40, 20, and 3. What does that say rest, about me? If I rest my case. <laughs> oh, that's your case. evidence of it. Okay. That, 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 yeah, okay. I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, it's four, we're, four, we're four weeks in, and if you think you've got a clear picture of what's going on right now, you're lying. <laughs> He's also 40 and 20, so uh, perhaps you're right. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but that, that is kind of frightening that I got the exact same record as him. That means we're both probably due for a really big fall. Oh, yeah. I need you to have one of those two win weeks. Oh, God. I know you've got it in you. Be coming. I know you've got it in you. Uh, one more small uh, piece of information. For anyone trying to click on the the theme of the show, the uh, I, I have a link up in the description of the show to uh, to the theme song Anthemic by DJ Marble and I I just realized very late in the process that I've been uh making the link uh unac- unaccessible cuz I uh, some reason it got put up there as a secure link with the HTTPS and that doesn't work if you click on the link it's going to give you an error message and so I I'm going to try to fix that going forward. I don't quite know how to do it for these two shows that I already created, but for the next week's shows after that, I'll, I'll make sure to go back and recreate that link without the uh, secure in there, because it's not a secure site at all, so when you try to click on it, it's not going to work. Uh, but if you do click on it and you have it up on your web browser, if you can just go up there and delete that S from it so that it's just HTTP, then it should take you right to the guy's website, and you can uh, Check out the the music of DJ Marble, if you please. We like to. I hear it every time my show starts. Oh, there you go. Along with my wonderful voice. Um, so there's that. Um, there's uh, uh, what else did you have uh, uh, that we didn't get to for this show? Well, it was a lot of the games. I think we got. I think we got a good chunk of the games in that we needed to talk about. I mean, when we when we actually talked about the Dolphins. I mean, what what else is there really to talk about? I mean, yeah, since oh Cincinnati got a win, yay! Do we care? I mean, uh, that, that Cardinals, uh, yeah, that was garbage. They're, they're unimpressive. Um, we got that cheap. Did we get the cheap cover on the uh, Chargers? I believe we did. Oh, thank you. The Chargers? No, they were. Uh, they were. Oh, that's right. They were the favorite. Yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, that's right. They were favorites and still somehow lost. And then even when they were going down, they could have kicked the field goal. Yeah, we still wouldn't have covered. Um, that we crowd. Did, we uh, for the for the Chargers. Every crowd, all three that have come in so far, have been overwhelmingly cheering for the other team. Yes, I I it, meant uh, the cheap cover that we actually got was the Giants. I'm sorry. Yes. They were three that point dogs against cover. Tampa, and they did get the cover. That, that is yeah. absolutely correct. So we did get the cheap cover there. Um, 
That charge yeah, shot, that reminds me of the, the, the Memphis Oilers or the Tennessee Oilers <laughs> coming down here to Memphis and, and all the opponents coming in and making all the noise for the other team. In fact, it's, it's rumored that that's what made Bud Adams uh, decide that I'm definitely going to Nashville with my, my Oilers teams is when the Steelers came in to uh, at the end of a season. It was The season was over. The Oilers weren't in the playoffs. And you know how the Steelers fans are. And they came in down here in the Liberty Bowl for a, a, a late season game and just 80% Steelers fans uh, in the crowd. And rumor has it that's what made Bud Adams go, you know what, fuck Memphis, I'm going to Nashville. Okay. And, and I, I could see that. I mean, you're already you starting to see. I'm starting to see. I don't know if you're starting to see it too. There's this groundswell to send the Chargers back to San Diego. Yeah, you brought it up last show, and I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. For that to happen, the owners would have to refund yeah. the $400 trillion relocation fee that they charged the, the Chargers to move to L.A. in the first place, and they're not giving that money back. Yeah, no, the, I mean, the way that would happen would be San Diego decides to fork it over and actually give them the stadium. I think that's the yeah, only that way ain't that happen. either. Yeah, probably not. But boy, the Raiders, the, the not the Raiders, the in uh, the uh, Chargers are going to be the other LA. They will be the Clippers. LAC fits them. Yeah, it really does. They will be the second team forever and ever. Yeah, because the uh, the Rams are actually up and coming. And they were the ones that were there originally in the first place, anyway. The right, LA Rams so, actually makes sense. They, the, the, the LA Chargers, I'm never going to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, the, the Rams actually have a history there. I mean, we re, we remember watching Jim Everett, you know, and those those Rams teams growing up. It was just LA. Flipper Anderson. That's, that's that's right. That's what it was. The Los Angeles Rams. That's, that's kind of where they're supposed to be. Eric Eric okay. Dickerson. I, I never quite got used to St. Louis Rams either, quite frankly. Uh, I, Even after they won a title, I still didn't yeah. get used to that. I mean, I still remember when we called the Cardinals the Phoenix Cardinals. <laughs> well, no, before that, they were the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis, Car- yeah, Louis Cardinals. Not, 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 for, most of, not for most of our picking history, though. No, it's been it was peanut. It was I remember our pick sheets were always PHX. That's right. Um, the Neil Lomax to Roy Green days. <laughs> wow, I know way back. But yeah, when we first started watching football, the, there was uh, the Cardinals franchise was not in Phoenix, Arizona. It was actually in St. Louis, Missouri. They had. The, the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team and the St. Louis Cardinals football team. How crazy was that? Well, someone's going to be a Cardinals fan, and, right? You had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> you had to be a Cardinals fan no matter what. You like baseball or football? Uh, football. Well, what team you like? Cardinals, maybe. Yeah. What about baseball? Cardinals, maybe. Okay. They should have just gone all in and kept, you know, and done that for the for the college and everything. But Stanford, you know, took that. No, they're the Cardinal with no S. Well, that's close enough, though. That's expecting people <laughs> to understand that difference. Oh, you're right. Most people don't still don't know the difference. Yeah, you don't know how many times I hear people still say the Stanford Cardinals. Oh yeah, well, I'm sure it happens all the time. 
And I don't have the heart to just correct them and be like, oh, wait. Oh, no, it, you, if you corrected that every time you heard it, that's all you'd be doing. You, you would yes. never have any time to yourself. Uh, there's another trend that I pointed out and did not take. I should. There was two wins that I'd completely left on the table. I could have been ten and six myself. Um, I had the, uh, the the two teams from London coming back the very next week. I had that trend, but I did not make that pick with uh, the Jaguars. And I also had the twin games with the teams with extra long ten days of rest taking on the two teams with extra short rest because they were coming off Monday night games. So the 10 games versus six games, and both of those came through. The 10 game, uh, the 10 day teams both came through there, but I didn't pick both of them. I had the Rams uh, over Dallas plus six, and I got that one right. But uh, the other one was San Fran and Arizona, and I gave the six and a half at Arizona, and they didn't cover that either. They could have very easily lost that game straight up to the 49ers. So that trend, I should have had both of those as well, but I did not uh, have the balls to take San Francisco. Yeah, that game was a total shit fest. <laughs> so. The Cardinals appear to be a total shit fest. Carson Palmer, whatever he can still do, if you can't protect him, you're not going to find out. And they can't protect him right now. Another another growing trend. Either you can't either you can't run the ball, you can't protect your quarterback, or you can't play yeah. defense. I don't know if we have a complete team right now. I mean. The, the, Ooh, is the, the closest moment? are the Chiefs the closest thing we have to that? They can play some defense, they can run the ball, and Alex Smith's not running for his life all day. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, and it makes sense that they're four and zero. So of course, yeah, you I mean, Denver, yeah. you know, Denver doesn't have a crap O line. They can run the ball and they play good defense. So it's not just an issue of oh, I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to say that about the the team that's that's you know 4 and 0 but there are other teams that have that capability if Houston keeps playing the way they're playing oh boy we could say that about them because we know they have the defense uh, but you can go up and down you know and look at these teams do they have can they protect the quarterback do they have a running game and do they have a good defense and there's a lot of teams that get nose to those Get on board the Texans bandwagon right now. I'm I'm driving it. I'm the one out in front because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. But it's filling up right now with uh, the yeah. way Deshaun Watson's playing. Yeah, and, and the thing, thing about him is say, it's oh, yeah. touch, zip, accuracy, and vision with Deshaun Watson right now, and the legs to boot to take off and make great plays with his legs. That's like the to- the total package. If he keeps that up, that is like. What where's the weakness? You know, it's it's very early to say that the man is that good, but right now that's that's how he's looking. And and like I said, it's funny to watch Bill O'Brien call plays with him because you can tell how much fun and how much confidence he has with having an actual quarterback back there. That's funny when I think about those criteria: quarterback's not running for his life, solid run game, good defense. The Bills creep up into that. Yeah, go figure. Well, they need to figure out their uh, their run game. The Shady McCoy is uh, all of a sudden looking rather aged. Uh, they 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 ran for a hundred yards in this game, but overall this year they have not. They've been less than impressive on the ground. So uh, if they can get him fixed, they absolutely will be right there. And sometimes it takes these older guys. Sometimes the old guys come out and look great right away. Sometimes it takes them a while to get going. 
maybe that's what we're looking at. A team that took a half to get going on Sunday night uh, that didn't look like much in the first half but got it going completely in the second half would be the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Uh, it it might be the least impressive 46-18 to 18 win in the history of football because uh, <laughs> they, don't, they lost their uh, – running game as well. They had a rookie, Chris Carson, that was trying to be the man for them, and he got his leg broken. Uh, so he's done. That's another uh, done-for-the-year injury. Uh, so that's a team that normally has uh, the defense and the running game, uh, but has always been struggling with trying to protect their quarterback. And right now, they're struggling to protect Russell Wilson, and they don't have the running game. And Russell Wilson basically in the second half said, I don't care if I'm not being protected, I'm going to hang in there and make these throws anyway because I'm sick of, of running for my life. Yeah, I mean, that, that game got out of control quick, and I, I don't – the Seahawks have been known for this over the years, that they can just all of a sudden go on this offensive explosion because they're forcing the other team into three and outs. And I, I I didn't expect it to get out that out of hand that fast. I mean, that was a, actually a, that was a competitive game at halftime. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be either. Believe me, I didn't even and, take notes on the game because I didn't think it was going to be close. Yeah, but we didn't. I don't think we expected uh, that level of it. It wasn't that. It wasn't that the Colts went out there and just completely didn't show up. I mean, they. It just nothing worked for them overall. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that the, it didn't even seem like the Seahawks were dominating. I mean, that's what I mean. I think that's to your point that this was like the least impressive, you know, yeah, four touchdown win you've ever seen. In the end, the crowd and the defense overwhelmed Jack Brisket, and that's exactly what I thought would happen. But that's not what happened in the first half. I don't know where this was in the first half, but they sure got it together in the second. It was a very strange game to watch. Yeah, so I still my the jury for me is still out on the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, you talked about the the Bengals uh, getting off the Schneid, but boy, that that Browns outfit! Oh my goodness! You yeah, know. I you feel I feel bad for them. I really I do. do I don't know. I don't know if Deshaun Kaiser sucks or if he, it's the people that's surrounding him. I, I can't tell because the team surrounding him is so bad. It's just been, it's been such a black hole. It, it, it's just, there's nothing positive. There's no positive energy that comes from that team. It seems like nothing good can go their way. Draft picks all suck, you know. Right. You try, you get that number one pick. Yeah, you can't even get him on the field. Yeah, the he free, can't make a difference for you because he can't get on the field. The free agent signings don't work out. It's just nothing seems nothing seems like it's going Cleveland's way. They're just a snake bit franchise. It's not going to be forever. I mean, everything turns around eventually. Trade you know, for Jamie Collins and he gets hurt. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing they can do. Well, the, we saw the Jags go through an extended run like this, right? Yeah, everybody they'd sign would hurt. The draft picks would all stink. (laughs) It's just, yeah, but it just seems like since since Cleveland came back in the league, it's been this bad, though. 
you know, no hope, no glimmer. Remember the Johnny football pick, and everyone thought that that was the big glimmer of hope. Uh, not us, I believe well, we had no, that not one. Us. A lot of people did not. A lot of people were all over the Johnny football thing for some reason. Yeah, you lose big on quarterbacks like that. That can just torpedo your franchise. Quarterbacks and big time high draft picks. Guess who's taking over for the Chicago Bears next week? Uh, why in this spot is what I want to know. <laughs> I think Glennon is that bad. I think it's just my Glennon is just that terrible. That uh, and also, you I don't believe... think they could have just waited one more week. I mean, the Bears' season's over. I mean, I believe... what are you what are you doing? I believe I said before the season started that eventually Ryan Pace would have to make his way downstairs and tell John Fox, hey, Foxy, it's enough. It's enough of this Glennon guy. Let's, let's see the kid. It, it might be in – trade it up to get the kid. Let's see him. Am I being cynical here by saying that they're throwing him out there because it's Monday night football? Uh, it's – I'll say that I thought it was a tough spot too when I saw the actual game. I just yeah. I read the news that Trubisky was taking over and I was happy, and then I saw what the opponent was going to be, which is the Vikings on Monday night. I was like, ooh, that's uh, that's that's tough. <laughs> yeah, uh, Everton have, Griffin uh, might be uh, might have a lot of uh, a lot of sacks and a lot of hurries and a lot of good statistics against the rookie. That that might be you know, a, a long night for him. It's funny looking at the schedule this week because. You know, when we talk about like when we're going to talk about our highlight games, it's like the, the potentials for highlight games blow me away <laughs> from what you know, from what we would have thought of the, some of these teams before the season started. Like Seahawks Rams is suddenly <laughs> like compelling. Seahawks at Rams. Oh, wow, really? Seahawks at Rams or okay. Um, that Sunday night game though, that that's going to be with some must see TV though. That Chiefs at Texans. Yeah. That's going to be something. And, of course, we get Packers and Cowboys. Yeah, Packers and Cowboys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's some, the, some... Uh, battle of teams that I have no idea how they're 3-1 and one between the Panthers and the Lions. I know. You want to? <laughs> no idea. That's record-wise one of the best games of the week. Actually, just on the records, that is the best game of the week. <laughs> And I actually wouldn't know how to, to break that down. I wouldn't have the first idea of how to, to get into that well, game. We're going to call that the Fool's Gold Bowl. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that's about all I got. I'm, I know you're, 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 you're sounding pretty rough. Your voice is a little weaker tonight, and I'm tired. So it's going to be uh... – this coming weekend will be the weekend where I'm in Chicago. It looks like yeah. it's going to be a change in my plans. It looks like we're going to do the show Friday night, even though that's when I'm driving into town. Uh, so I'm going to be nice and, and tired and possibly completely unprepared, but that might be the only oh. night that I get a chance to do it because it looks like Saturday night I'm going out with uh, friends that I haven't seen in a long time when I get up there. So I won't be All there right. on, uh, Saturday night. So wait, you're going to be so, on the road? On the show? No, we're driving. We're, we're probably we're driving. We're leaving here at uh, like eight in the morning, so we'll probably arrive in oh, okay. Chicago around five or six. And after I spend two hours saying hi to the family and whatnot, I'm going to tell them I have to leave and go prepare for the show uh, in an hour. 
And so I'm probably going to be like completely frazzled and not knowing what I'm doing. And, and that should be a lot of fun. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so get ready. You, you've been warned. So are we uh, looking at 10 o'clock on Friday? That sounds good. I'll, I'll change the, uh, the, the time uh, when I get off the air here. 10 o'clock, well, it's just, 10 o'clock, you know, Friday, Friday nights for me are always tough because I work until eight, but that always seems like uh, the night that I have to end up getting caught staying late. Um, so there's nothing worse for me than, you know, getting home at nine twenty, and I tell you nine thirty is the that you talk about being frazzled. Uh, getting home right. five minutes before the show starts, you know, I'm like running through the house to make sure I've got my little area all set up and I've got my my glass of water and I've got all my materials here ready to go. So, um, yeah, we'll do ten o'clock. I'll have the board up and running, and uh. Have you call in and we'll have a show. Hey. We'll have us a show. If you need more time, we'll we'll, we'll do it at ten thirty or eleven or, or what have you. No, no, ten's like fine. That. Ten's fine because if I get home at nine fifteen, nine thirty, that's more than enough time for me to like scarf down a little bit of food, check over my picks quick, and uh, get everything up and running. It's just when I get home and it's or you know I, I've literally had it in the past where I would get home you know, with two minutes to go before the show. <laughs> yeah. So I would not expect that on set on, on Friday. Um, so we'll go, we can go 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock will be perfect. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. 10 o'clock central, 11 o'clock Eastern Friday night for the rest of week five in the NFL after this Thursday nighter between the pets and the bucks, which is a lot more compelling than I thought it would be. So that that's, should be fun tomorrow night or a Thursday night, rather. Yeah, they have a safe drive up there to Chicago. I appreciate that. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and be sure to come back here Friday night, 10 p.m. Central, week five picks in the National Football League. We will talk to you then. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.